Oh shit, Shannon, you left. Oh, you're back. Okay. What a way to start it. Oh boy. Sorry about all my cancellations. No, I I, I mean moving it around. You're top tier. You're your upper echelon of I yeah. mean you're I mean you're really popular now. I'm one step away from Miley status. That's right. Yeah, you guys are doing SNL like next week, right? Oh man, that's one of my dreams, actually. Really? Oh yes. I would love to. It's, you know, it's not like the best show right this very second. It comes in, it's sometimes it's so good though. Yeah. I'm a longtime fan, no matter what. I support them. I would to love you, to be on SNL. They need better mu- music on there anyway. That's very true. What, to your earliest recollection, like who was on the cast when you, when you first started watching it? When I first was like, oh, I'm a huge fan of the mm-hmm. show. Probably Mike Myers. Like those years, mm-hmm. Rob Schneider, um, Tim Meadows, Julia Sweeney. Um, what's the, oh God, there's a really early one. Oh, Norm MacDonald, RIP. Funny, funny guy. Yeah, funny guy. Terrific comedian, seriously, yeah. I rewatched um, Dirty Work. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. And I was one. like, there's no way this stands up. And yes, there's some definitely some very offensive, not 2021 friendly jokes. But aside from those, that stands up. Yeah. Artie Lang. That's a flick. I love Artie. Have you seen his nose? I, I have. I, I definitely have. It's. Um... I look up pictures of it like probably once a month. I don't know why. Yeah, it's very, and for those listening, I mean, if you haven't seen it, go Google it. You're, it, you're, I wouldn't say in for a treat, but it, it's there and it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something to see. <laughs> Poor guy snorted glass on accident. He Shit. actually, he's brilliant. Did you read his autobiography? I didn't, no. It's so good. I will say I got really bored because a lot of it's about baseball. So I really tried to get into it, but um, I got bored as hell. But everything else is, he's such a good writer and it really made me, uh, have, I have a real soft spot in my heart for Artie. Right. Yeah, he is. And his I mean, outfits very funny. and dirty work are so cute. All his t-shirts. I think he's supposed to look stupid or something. His looks are great. It looks fantastic. Norm Stew. Mm. I mean, that, that, Ooh, that movie's pants. great. Are you are, outfits? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I, I think he, I think he dresses pretty well. I think he's always dressed pretty well. Big shirts. I don't know about Norm's outfits. R.I.P. You shouldn't speak ill of. Yeah, how dare you, Shannon? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, how was the X concert last night? It was great. It was great. I got to meet John Doe. Well, I've actually met him before, but I got to talk to him again. He wants to go on tour together. I found out he was living in Richmond for five years when I was in Oakland. I never ran into him, even though I worked there. That was a shame, but uh, yeah, they were awesome. They're great every time I see them. Mm-hmm. They yeah. played all the hits also. Good. That'd be funny if they played no hits at all. Mm, well maybe every song's a hit must be nice 
it's rare uh have you ever ran into anybody while walking on the street like a celebrity of some sort and you're like oh that's such and such isn't that weird to see him here yeah yes i have um okay you know that movie that is it called that thing you do yeah with tom hanks and uh what's his name tom everett scott i believe his name is is that his name i believe like the the main dude the not Steve Zahn, um, which is the other guy that Loves, I know from that. Love Steve Zahn. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Tom Everett Scott is his name because he was also on another I, show recently. Yeah. Is he like very hunky? Yeah, he was he was the drummer in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw him eating salad um while I was eating a salad at Tender Greens in LA one time. Oh, Oh, I got two more. And then one time I saw Michael Sarah walking down the street in New York and I just thought I knew him. So I was just like, hey. And he looked at me and my friend Julia and then he kept going. He didn't say hey back. But this other time I was at another um, place, this like uh, very hip play uh, restaurant in Marin County. I don't remember what it's called. It's like this chic, um, like Puerto Rican restaurant. And I was waiting in line and I saw this dude in the back of the restaurant that I was like, oh, what's that guy's name? I know him from back in the day, like in the Oakland, you know, garage scene, like from the, you know, from the warehouses. What's that guy's name? I don't know. So I waved at him. It's a packed restaurant. And I was like, what's up? And he looked at me and I was like, isn't this weird? We're both here, you know, with my hands like gesticulating. And he was just like, hey. And I realized, I was like, oh, that's Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. I don't know him. No, all. he was around. He was like, he was a scene guy, right? Not the, not where <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, But he's... he was very nice. He, he was like, hey, yeah. He was friendly back. Do you think that he knew who you were? no okay he does he does now but not then oh so th- th- so later on you you know that he knows you yeah because one of my bandmates in my solo band uh plays in his band Ooh. now he played one of my solo buddies is a crow now black crow good on him his band is called the once in the future band you should check them out once- it is once and future band and future okay yeah once and future band it's kind of like it's the it's the best it's uh they're all insane musicians they're an oakland band but they're way different than like the more like punky garage scene that i came out of they're all insane jazz jazzy rock and roll not rock and roll like it's like yes mixed with steely dan mixed with elo gotcha i'm with you so if those um interest you maybe Check i'm making out. them sound really unappealing but they are a very appealing band <laughs> i like uh, those those bands that you mentioned like no though that that can't be appealing to anybody no way those successful <laughs> bands are um i love those bands the last time we I chatted grew up, I grew up. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the last time we chatted um you just moved to portland yep still here okay just making sure we didn't get the address last time but we're gonna get it this time 
So okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll put it out in the in the for everybody to know. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so everybody come visit you because I know you like guests, right? Uninvited strange guests. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. You know what? My mom loves weird guests, and when we were kids, um, she would pick up hitchhikers because I have this older brother. He's 13 years older. So when I was like a little kid, he was a teen and she would just like, if she saw a guy around his age, she'd pick him up and give him a ride. So we picked up a lot of hitchhikers as a, when I was a kid. It's very sweet of her. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. She loves a broken wing. Her houses sort of run more like a compound. We've always had, um, so my parents divorced when I was eight and my dad moved out and moved into a teeny house. And then my mom has this house with like a, about an acre of walnut orchards, which I'm allergic to walnuts. So it's kind of bullshit, but every inch of that property has been lived on in some way. Like we've had like, be, so my brother was a rocker and then he turned into like a weird hippie, like Guatemala shorts kind of guy, weed grower, uh, he moved into a school bus and he like tricked it out on the inside and put a, a wood burning stove in there and stuff. But then he had friends move into other buses and then he took over a hayloft and people lived in this hayloft and then people lived in tents. I lived in a tent in her backyard for a summer. I don't know, but she likes it like that. Did you like I the tents? Like yeah, okay. I loved it, uh, but I was like 18. It's like the summer I graduated high school. I thought it would be fun to live in a tent for a while. And look, it was definitely glamping because it was like 10 feet from the door to the house. And I had a really long extension cord that I um, brought out a, what's it called? A TV VCR combo. And I just watched VHS movies at night with the little, I didn't put the rain fly on so I could see the stars through the top. It was awesome. I would do it again. It's that van life that everybody's searching for, you know, but you found it in a backyard. Yeah, I don't, why, I don't get the van life. I don't fucking get it. But maybe that's because for a living, I do it and I don't like that part. How did the last clams tour go? I know, I know that you recently did a little run. Yep, it went great. Uh, yeah, it went really good, actually. We didn't know what to expect because ticket sales across the board are terrible for everyone every kind of music i mean actually maybe that's not true i went x show was sold out doesn't say not I mean, x but it's like people aren't buying the tickets ahead of time you know because they're afraid to commit and i totally get that so many people got you know we've all been burned a million times over the last two years um so we were worried but the response was great felt fabu the new songs worked out good. We did bring, we had a, um, we paid someone to design us projections and those did not, those didn't, people did, I don't think the people liked those and we did a bad job too. Like we, we don't have enough money to make stuff like that look good. All right. Well, I mean, for to each its own, I, I, I bet they look better than you think they did. Maybe. But the music went well, and the attitudes were fab. All right, that's good. What um, what makes a good live show in your eyes? 
Um, well, what makes a good live show? Like if I'm watching a show or, or for my opinion on stage. You for like, your opinion on stage, yeah. When I walk away, if I'm like, that was a great show. Um, definitely audience, um, really feeling the audience and feeling like I can just feel everyone and feel like they're having a great time or having like a, you know, an awakening or, or, or really like also being connected with the band. Sometimes when me and Cody are playing, we always play right next to each other. Um, sometimes when he's like further away on the stage, like a lot of the time I'll put him right in the middle and I want, I don't want anyone blocking the drummer, like him to be right next to me. But if he's too far away, I can tell that we're not as connected and I hate that. So sometimes I'll be like, can you scoot over and I'll scoot over to you? Like we need to connect, we're not connected. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when we're really like locked in and, but sometimes, you know, we'll be playing poorly, but the, the crowd is so amazing. It'll kind of like bring us back mm -hmm. and, and maybe vice versa. Maybe it's like a boring, shitty ass crowd. And then we're like, decide we're going to get really super into it. And then they come around. All right. What's, what's, what's more, what's more often the case of that? It's a, it's a shitty crowd that you bring them in, or it's a shitty show and the crowd brings you in. Look, I'm not going to lie. Most fan shows are fucking great. <laughs> like we have like really, really wonderful fans. Um, and I'm constantly like in overwhelmed with gratitude and I'm not even being sarcastic right now. Like I would say most of our shows are really, really good. And it's a good even exchange, you know. All right. We didn't answer the question, so I'll ask it. <laughs> um, what goes through your head right after you step off stage? Like right when the performance is done, you say goodnight, you're walking out the stage. What what's going through your mind? Hmm. I mean, you probably like a quick. Uh, I'll probably quickly analyze the crowd or like quick, like, was that good? That was really good. M maybe we'll do a quick check like that. Or sometimes it's like, I'm so thirsty or um, I'm glad that's over because I'm really hot and tired or, you know, it's a wide range, but it's usually like relief and uh, reward, you know, just feeling like, ah, I love doing this. Maybe I told you the story last time, but these, these dudes came up to me when I was having an art, sh art show and they were like, do you remember us? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I don't remember you. Where did we meet? And he's like, we met last time you played blah, blah, blah. And you were such a bitch. And I was like, I was a bitch. Did I already tell you this story? No, I don't, I don't think so. No. And I was like, <laughs> I, I was a bitch and, and whoa, uh, what did you do to me? because I would never just be a bitch and they're like we didn't do anything and I was like no if you're really committed to saying I was a bitch you definitely did something to me right and they're like no no we didn't you were just like a bitch and I was like no what did you do what did you do to me finally they admitted that it was a hunk show and I was playing um bass and they threw a half full can of beer at my head 
which has happened t- hundreds of times. And the can got stuck in my hair. And then I was trying to rip it out of my hair and it ripped out a big piece. And then they came up to me afterwards and we were like, that was hilarious. We threw that beer at you and it got stuck in your hair. So apparently it was a bitch. It sounds like it's on you. Like your reaction wasn't warranted, (laughs) but whatever. Do you have a different state of mind while on stage as uh, versus like uh, being off stage? Mm -hmm. I have to like channel a, a, a part of myself that is not always present I mean I guess it's always present but it's like hiding I have to kind of like um yeah like release this other side of myself because uh I I don't know I don't like if you were to ask me to just sing right now I, I would not karaoke I love it is very hard for me to do karaoke because it's just very, I don't know. Or like if I was at Thanksgiving and my family asked me to sing a song, like I couldn't do that. So I do have to kind of fake it till I make it like tap into this um, other part of myself. What do other people say to that question? I don't think I've asked that question. Shan, I, I, I told you, these are all just new, new stuff that's good new year new me almost yeah yeah but i would i would say that uh the clams are all like completely themselves they're that person on stage all the time so it must be uh there must be a variety mm-hmm. there I see. to be yeah <laughs> um when did you guys start writing you're the spider because i i it was not out last time we chatted Mm-mm. uh i'd recorded it but yeah it wasn't out um so i began writing songs for that in october or maybe september of 2019 i'm pretty sure that's when i started writing the first song which which was um I do I want to stay the first track on the album yeah because you, you always release um songs within the order that you wrote them right it always it's it's always a track list that would be hilarious I actually next time I should make note of the order in which the songs come to me right. that would be very weird need a producer or maybe on that Shannon by the way I can't just okay. let you walk away with that you get producer points. Do you know about producer points? No. What is that? It's a, it's some inside baseball stuff. Let's hear it. It it's inside. I don't totally get it, but uh, you get points, producer points on an album. So I don't know if there's like a hundred points, and you know if uh, you and I, I lost my train of thought. A friend. Producer you and, points. You and, it it's sounds a like you and, me, you and a friend get to go you and a to friend's... medieval times. And you, you get the joust. You get... Oh, I would yeah. Like I love Dumb and Dumber, um, but that's not in Dumb and Dumber. That's in Cable Guy. Cable Guy, yeah, with Matthew Broderick, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, wait, is it Red, Red Knight's Going Down? down 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 you've seen that movie 
I have. I have seen that, that movie. Yeah, Matt, I, I told you, Matthew Broderick. You know me. I'm on. I got Criterion Collection. I'm on it. <laughs> do you know who was originally supposed to play the cable guy? I do not know. It was originally supposed to be Chris Farley. Mm. And it was supposed to be way more slapstick, way more like traditional, you know, Tommy Boy style. But then Jim Carrey did it and... That you know, it's got that movie's got some serious darkness. It does. It's it good. Really does. It's really good. I watched it with my dad recently. I really hate the fucking part where uh, Matthew Broderick's having a nightmare, and um, and it Jim Carrey is like in his wall calling him, and a spider crawls across his face. <sighs> it's disgusting. Speaking of spiders, though, great transition, oh. by the way. Thank you for lobbing that up to me. <laughs> what has what has changed for you in the band from like the first album to Year the Spider? I mean, this is spanning years now. Yeah. Uh confidence, maturity. Um, I feel like I push myself a lot harder and I, I have like more um of a vision I feel like you know from the first album when someone asked us to record an album I was like why why wait we're gonna put on a vinyl record why no one wants that that's really how I felt I really was like shocked why would anyone want that and I also didn't think I could write that many songs and I really for like years I thought Chandler Clamps was like very temporary and whoa I'm still doing this wait what a two another tour we already did a tour like I really thought I mean it it just surprised me for years so now I feel more um I mean my head is in the game you know it definitely feels like my profession now and I feel like I've learned a lot about you know advocate self being an, a self-advocate and um, instead of, I feel like a, a, a lot of my attitude used to be, hmm, whatever, who cares? Like, just, it's fine like that. I don't want, you know, I don't want to perfect anything. I just, it's fine. And now I'm more, I realized that that was actually, I was too afraid to work really hard on something in case it didn't turn out or in case people didn't like it because I was just so afraid of you know someone laughing at my ugly baby um but now I completely see the value in working hard and honing your craft or whatever and um get pushing to get something exactly where you want it I also used to be afraid of telling other people, um, well, I did never want to ask for help and I didn't want to correct anyone. So if we were in the studio or something, I would never want to speak up and, and say that I actually fucking hate how you play drums or, you know, I wouldn't know how to say it properly, but now I feel, I don't know, just better at communicating and, you know, is that a good answer? I love it. Yes, it was a great answer. I wouldn't say it was a good answer. I'd say it was a great answer. And it was the answer oh. I was looking for. Yeah. Um, oh, good. 
when are when are you most inspired to sit down and, and write something or is it spontaneous well um when it it's both so when it is spontaneous i would say that's often like a really fun song like fun and it feels good and it feels good to play and is more upbeat that's a spontaneous song like the one i'm thinking of right now is i don't know what it's called fun onion <laughs> oh boy what's it called oh if you could know like that was a spontaneous one where it was just suddenly like oh whoa i wonder if i could play that whoa i can kind of play that on the bass you know and that was spontaneous so the other way um is usually if I'm writing like if I'm going through something very like emotional and I'm alone you know driving in the car is when a lot of my song writing comes to me I'm driving alone like I would say most of the first several albums were written between uh, my house in Oakland and then my family my mom's house out in Napa County the like commune most, yeah yeah the commune yeah. yeah, most of the songs were probably written in my, what was that car I used to have? I used to have a Ford, turquoise Ford, oh, what's that hideous thing called? Like a gross little um, station wagon. A Taurus. <laughs> oh, I had a Taurus too. Oh, the Taurus did. was the worst, worst car I've ever had, and I had it for like two years. But I had a little turquoise Ford Escort station wagon. And I wrote a lot of the first cram songs in there. What, was that your first car or? No, hmm. my first car, um, all of us got a turn having my dad's truck be our first car. So I had like a 73 Chevy Cheyenne pickup. You said your, your brother was like a teenager when you were born, right? Yeah. So, he, I mean, did he have the truck before you did? And, and he and it just kept on getting it just stayed in the family he actually never had my dad's truck he had his own truck he had like a silver chevy lowrider kind of a thing um but my my all my other brothers actually did they all drove the truck for a while um that truck was amazing it electrocuted me one time when the truck bed was full of water and i was like about to touch the radio like a little tiny I found, I feel like I'm lying to you right now because it sounds unbelievable but a little tiny green lightning uh what do you call that bolt yeah came yeah. a little spark out yeah. of radio to my finger and fucking burned it yeah bad anyways so I mean I water gets then, me by choking me and it gets you by shocking you in the in the yes. uh, by the radio yeah I understand mm -hmm. I'm with you yeah <laughs> uh, and then I bought my dad got um this very sweet neighbor lady to sell me her 78 Buick Electra for $800. And it was in wonderful, like 20,000 miles. She'd only drove it to church in the grocery store. Grocery getter. So, yeah. yeah gro great. Um, great condition. That car was. Mm -hmm. How many, how many cars have you had a rough estimate? I can't do a rough estimate. I have to count them on my fingers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Chevy truck. I mean, but it really wasn't mine. Okay, that wasn't mine. So the the Buick Electra followed by the 
Chrysler Cordova. That's my favorite car I ever had. And um, that's my second biggest regret in my whole life is selling that car. Okay, get rid of it, yeah. I recently found one here, but I have no, and it's cheap as fuck and low miles and in good shape, but I have nowhere to keep a car. And I don't, you know, I don't have money coming in like I need to. So I have two cars. Okay, so then I had a, um, hi. Then I had a, you know, the Ford Escort station wagon. Then I had a little white Toyota truck, 93. Then I had an Isuzu Trooper, 93. And then I had the awful Ford Taurus. And then now I have a Honda CRV. Okay. I only like the Cordoba. That's the only car I've ever owned that I loved. That one in the Taurus, I pre- obviously. I appreciate my car now. I appreciate it, but I don't love it. Okay. What's what's the next step? What's what's the next one? A limo? That'd be cool. <laughs> How do elements that are not related to music um, inspire your music? How often does that occur? Most of my songs are about like events in my life. Um, but occasionally something outside of that and outside of music inspires me to write something cody clam writes songs very differently from me he writes he like writes a story you know based off something not real that he came up with and i think that's would be a good way to try maybe i will go to a park and i'll gaze at a tree and i'll write a song about a beautiful tree i should try that instead of writing about my friggin' self all the time um is it different writing for the clams rather than your solo project Uh, yes um in a lot of ways but i think it's because with the solo project it's so not so it's so not really solo like um it's more like shannon without the clams i think or is that am i being offensive to myself right now am i being rude to myself well basically it's like I wrote half of those songs and the other half were songwriting collaborations with Dan Auerbach and like, um, oh man, one of the, the guys that he, he brought, bring, Dan brings in these old session guys and these old session songwriters just to try and get artists to like write differently, which I was didn't want to do at all and then I ended up really understanding the value in that especially because they got some really cool stories one of the guys uh his name's Bobby he played he played um okay you know the song Sweet Caroline by mm-hmm. Neil Diamond sure he wrote bah, 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 like the part of the song and you know that's a great part it's and, like uh, that's like the crux of it i would say yeah definitely that's yeah. what everybody loves yeah and he wrote with uh, like aretha franklin and wilson pickett and elvis and he's just like anyways so sitting down and having to write a song with him was like very intimidating and very different because we don't know each other you know typically with the clams i have a song and i show it to cody and you know we work through the whole thing together and then we teach it to the band and then they come up with their parts. That's typically how it goes. Um, 
So it was different to have to collaborate with these guys I don't know. I didn't really know Dan Auerbach um, at all. And I really didn't know Bobby, but he did, he's real, you know, he's like 79 or 80. He carries a pistol and a mini backpack at all times. And he's like, I mean, he's a weird, cool dude. Did you ever hear the Ween Pure Country Gold album? No, I haven't. I'm a big Ween fan. Okay, mm-hmm. never mind. The Dean, Dean Ween. No, I'm I, I'm with it. I I would like to hear it still. I'm I, I love stories. Love to hear it. Well, the all these guys that played, um, all the session players that played on my album, they have played with all these greats. They also got hired to do a session for Ween, and they did all the music on Pure Country Gold. However, they didn't know any of the lyrics. They didn't know anything about Ween. They'd never heard of it. And so when they heard it later, they were so offended. But it doesn't mean anything till you actually listen to the record. There's some like very gnarly, stupid, idiot lyrics on there. I still like the story, and, Shannon, and I'm, I'm glad that you shared it. And I want to say this. You gave... God, I'm sweating. You... Um, I still think about this story that you told me about uh, camping last year that you, like you you were, you were, I I believe that you might've been intoxicated. You're walking around the campsite and you heard a song that somebody else was playing. (laughs) That's the one of the greatest stories that has been on here. And I'm not going to say it now because people can go back and listen to the other one. That's how I garner views. Okay. I'm getting your podcast right now. Or maybe I already have it the vineyard right why is it called that okay so i was i was hanging out with a couple buddies and one of my buddies was was uh, depressed and uh, he he was broken up about a girl and he was saying it's like oh yeah and then i i was just walking around i was walking through the vineyard which was uh i believe some apartment complexes is where he was walking and i pulled my my other buddy uh josh aside and i said uh you know that would be like a great name for a for a song you know, and um, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, um, it never ended up, I never ended up jamming or writing anything like that with him. And I needed a, a, a name for the podcast immediately. I was like, all right, well, I've been toying with this name. So I'll just throw it out there in the vineyard. So that's why it's called that. Oh, does your friend know that? Yeah, yeah, he does. And um, I love Josh. I do. I haven't seen him recently. I, I, I hope he's doing well. I think he's He's, he's still in school. He's wrapping up this semester. So hopefully I'll see him after the semester. He's a, he's a good guy. Shout out Josh. Well, Josh Lodici. Good, good guy. Yeah. Lodici. My other friend though, Michael Napoli, he, um, I asked him this, I said, Hey, what, what was the best concert you've attended? And he said it was a Shannon, the clams concert. Cool. Yeah. Smart guy. Very smart guy. Michael Napoli. Mike, Michael Napoli. What song elicits the biggest response from the audience when you play it live? People go nuts for the boy and for Ozma. That's those are the two I would say uh, get the biggest responses and like the most singing along. And I mean, people they show up for all of it, but those songs, I believe. Mm-hmm. those are the ones that really really hit hard yeah 
do you do you understand why something i realized is a positive that is positive is i I, it used to really bother me and please stop me if i already told the story the last time but um i used to hate when people wouldn't know what our songs were about like i wanted everyone to just know but i didn't want to tell anyone and i didn't i didn't want to make the lyrics like crystal clear because i didn't want to do any explaining but it bothered me that people thought Ozma was just about some guy who broke my heart like that ends up being what people think all my songs are about and it's they're not the I mean there's some but most of them are not about that um and that used to really bother me but then I kind of realized actually I realized it because I, I played a Donner Fest and this guy came up to me and was talking about how much Ozma means to him and he's like, I just lost my dad. And, you know, I really, I feel, I really feel for you. He thought that song was about some of a human dying. It's really about a dog of mine dying. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. No, it's actually about my dog. It's not about, and, you know, I made the guy feel weird. So I, and that bothered me forever. Like I felt bad that I made that guy feel awkward about you know telling me what the song meant to him and so what I ended up getting out of that later is people should take away from a song whatever they want you know that I think it's actually really beautiful to be able to project your own issues into music or art or whatever and then get back what you need from it instead of just what because otherwise like how are you supposed to really be able to feel the song if it didn't happen to you, to, to you, you know what I mean? Like, is everyone really singing about my dog dying? No, people are, are like reaching into themselves and finding, you know, some painful spot or some happy place uh, and connecting with the song taking away what what, what they what, what they perceive it to be yeah it's open for interpretation yeah. yeah it's not just about the singular thing it could be about whatever whatever you think it is it is mm-hmm. yeah when you so people want to know what like the boy in awesome is about and i um i really like when people are just putting their own shit onto it you know so i think that we were just successful with those songs at making that easy for people to channel becomes collaborative stuff. at the end of the day everybody's yes, everybody has does. a part in it yeah does it um when you perform songs off like the first record and second record you know uh older songs does it bring you back to that time in your life like does it make you think about whatever you're going through at that time while you're performing it yes a lot of a lot of the time it does um uh yeah there's some there's some songs that I basically like to give a real genuine performance I have to tap back in and there's some songs that I can't anymore I cannot talk tap into that song anymore or like my feelings have evolved so much about this subject that it's like not conducive or healthy or or um gratifying or convincing you know because I'm just so far away from where I was when I wrote it but there's still songs like Ozma I still miss that fucking dog so much so I can tap back in to to do Ozma 
I'm never just phoning it in. If it's a a song, I I have to still uh, feel feel it in some way in order to want to perform it. How important is it for you to have a creative outlet outside of music? Um, wildly important. I think for every everyone should have one. I feel really bad for people that have zero hobbies and no creative outlet, no outlet. You know, I think it's really important. Yeah. Is it, does it kind of help you take a step back from whatever, if you're working on a song or have to put together an album or whatever, and you're just kind of take a step back for a minute, still using a creative, you know, part of your brain, but not just not focusing in on, on songs. Yes. And I think some, you know, Usually I have like seasons of, of um, doing music, you know, writing and recording or touring. And then I'll have like a season of painting and painting is like the only time I know this is bad for a music podcast, but painting is kind of the only time that I listen to music now. Cause I'm so into, I love autobiographies and I love true crime. If you had picked up the bass when you were younger, do you think that the trajectory of your music would have been changed and altered in in some way? Yeah, I think that this worked out how it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. I used to get really like angry, like why the fuck did my mom not let me play music when I was a kid? It made me so mad. All my brothers played, it just, and she was like, I don't know, I don't know why. And it really bothered me, but now I'm like, I'm glad because I would never have put in the efforts and the energy if um, it had been made easy for me. You know, the things I like doing are very hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes from this very stubborn, secret stubborn side of me that doesn't want to be told that I can't do something. So it's good that she treated me differently than my brother's. Right. And oh my God, if I started playing bass when I was like 14 or 13, or I would have been making some horrible music with horrible people. So it would have been like Napa people. And I'm still friends with a lot of my Napa friends, but the, you know, I don't, it would have sounded like Slipknot or, <laughs> or, um, you know, Orgy or something like that. You probably don't know what those are. Really, really good stuff. I know I'm I'm on the I have a music podcast and I have to know these bands. <laughs> this is a requirement. Okay. okay, you're right. You're right. You're um, right. if you hadn't picked up the bass at all, would you have leaned way more heavily into like illustration and I uh, you you uh with metal like making art out of metal, right? I mean that was that's yeah. what you did in college, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I yeah. for sure I, I would be. Yeah, I'm. I don't know what exactly I would actually be doing but definitely something with yeah two-dimensional or three-dimensional art listening to a lot of music though a lot more i would be listening i maybe would never have gotten into podcasts and uh audiobooks <laughs> your true crime do you have a favorite song to perform that you that you like to play the most it changes a lot um you know it can be really exciting to bring back an old song the songs that I really like playing are usually songs Cody and I sing together. 
um, just because they have usually have a funner energy. Um, like I love playing the bog and I love playing midnight wine. Um, yeah, those those ones are fun. I like those ones too. How about mm-hmm. that? Put it put a yeah. spin on it. Hey. What is a band that is no longer around, whether they, they've passed away or they've broken up or whatever the case is that you think that you'd make a good addition to? Ooh. Wait, like it, me replacing like a bass player? Or... You don't have to play bass, but if that, if that has to be said for you for it to narrow it down then sure but you don't you don't have to be playing but you can play drums you can play guitar you can play what backup vocals front vocals whatever what is a band that you think that you would be a good addition to mm, the misfits i <laughs> i would love i mean no one's dead from the misfits but i could kick some dudes out and like i would love to write dancing some freaking songs I guess that's where I'm, I can see myself like songwriting. Like I would love to be his ghostwriter mm. and write him some new hits that would, you know, I know I can do it. Or like I was watching a little clip of Miley Cyrus promoting her New Year's Eve show on Jimmy Fallon or something. And I was like, I want to write her songs because I want her songs to be, I mean, I'm, there's some good ones, but I just, it would be really fun to have nothing to do with it, like visually to just be behind the scenes mm-hmm. and have, you know, someone, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the right guy. I'll, I will put that in the works and we'll see, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how my labor songs to it. Mm-hmm. No problem. I mean, I, I try to do everything <laughs> for the guests. <laughs> um, what, what song that, is, that has now been released through whether it be your solo work or with the clams that sounds nothing like what you originally thought it would sound like. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. (laughs) On my solo album, I have a song called crying my eyes out. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be way different. It was supposed to be like, quiet and simple like maybe just a maybe no percussion there's I've been wanting to do that lately or not no percussion but no drums like I love every day by Buddy Holly and that there's not you know it's just like thigh slaps or something I love that so uh, when I bring that to my band they don't like that I mean they love that Buddy Holly song but they want you know, they want full drums, but anyways, I would say crying my eyes out turned out way different, but I love how it turned out. It's a great um, song. Um, let me add in talking about, um, crying, crying my eyes out. Uh, whose idea was it for you to play different characters within the music video for it? I mean, that, that you were dressed up as different people playing all the different instruments. I think it was my idea. If it wasn't my idea, then it was my friend Ryan Brown who directed it. He's we have very similar sense of humor. So I'm gonna say me, but if I'm wrong, it was him. Okay. Fair enough. 
I mean, I actually cracked myself up when I watched that video. Yeah. It's so funny. I have like, I don't know if you can see all the details, but I have like a hairy chest for one of the characters. The uh, engineer has hairy fingers and hairy hands. That was so fun. Great video. Great video. Um, is mm -hmm. there a certain album or song that you look to to help you gain inspiration or like motivation to write or record something a song yeah i've been so obsessed with um dion uh kick and child that album i don't know if you've heard it i know you have a music podcast but if you haven't oh you heard uh, about it you're about the podcast very nice thank you appreciate it yeah. I, know, I know you're a big fan <laughs> the vineyard listen to the vineyard there it podcast. is there's a snippet um anyways it is so good and his songwriting is so do you know who dion is mm -hmm. the wanderer yeah so sure yeah he i mean i just never like appreciated his songwriting before he is so fucking good and then he even had an album in the 80s that is shockingly good which that's kind of rare for dudes from that day to put out like an 80s album and it'd be good Smokey robinson did it too good 80s album um anyway so yeah i listened to a lot of that dion record and um i've been listening to this lady called named joyce heath it, like shook my world it shocked me so much it was so weird and unique that i started doing whatever i could to find a copy um on you know like a seven inch or even a full length or something, nothing except I got a bootleg CD from eBay. And it's so good and so weird. Um, so I really like listening to that because it's so simple. She has a song, um, you should listen to it. I don't know if you'd like it, but maybe you would. Called I Wouldn't Dream of It by Joyce Heath. Joyce with a Y. And it's so simple. There's like hardly any instrumentation and it's just solid lyrics and a really interesting melody sometimes that's all it takes it's nice to listen to stuff that's way stripped down and then also listen to stuff with headphones going back to your headphones question with like tons of production you know um i think it's good to go back and forth right yeah it's it, you, you get the best of both as well yeah. as the middle mm -hmm. covering yes. all bases Mm -hmm. uh what is your favorite track off of your the spider oh what sucks um i wish i had an album to look at the back you're the spider right know. that's that's the that's the favorite one correct i'm trying to help you out there shannon that's a good song <laughs> <laughs> i really like mary don't go um maybe the most um and i ended up liking vanishing a lot i didn't like it for a long time but then i got into it people really like that one live um yeah that's all i can think of right now but I, every song on that good. album is a hit and people should go get it right yeah Mm -hmm. You're the Spider out now by Shannon and the Clams. There it is. How important is camaraderie within a band for you? I mean, it's incredibly important. 
Incredible. Are you writing that down? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure that I, that I asked it. That was that was a very important question. Oh, okay. I wouldn't want to be in a band with someone that was like, oh, camaraderie doesn't mean anything to me. It's not important at all in the band. I would be like, you are a sociopath and I don't want to be around you. You have to be able to, you know, function and thrive, you know, healthily uh, and be with people that you trust and respect. I mean, we are in we're like 12 years deep we're still learning stuff our trajectory has been slowly but steadily climbing this whole time and I don't think that happens for it absolutely doesn't happen for everyone and I think a lot of it is because we are because of our camaraderie because we're uh you know good kind people who love and respect each other it's everything what i mean it's what a band should be are you watching the beatles documentary i am not people are talking way too much about it i prefer not to that's it okay i'll i'll take that stance i don't care um no uh i don't i don't have uh what is it what's it on so many streaming platforms quibi it's on quibi right disney (laughs) disney plus is a good one to have it's only five bucks a month and you can watch The Mandalorian, and uh, there's lots of weird documentaries on there. Are Disney they paying you? Are they paying, are they paying you to say this? What I mean, I would, I'd, I'd like a part of the cut if this is <laughs> a fucking ad for it. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Shannon, it's so nice to to speak to you again, and and I uh, just thank you again for coming back on. This is this has been a real treat. Oh yeah, why did you bring me back on? Because I, I, I love your music. I think that you're very nice. And I, I like to I like to have guests on that I really enjoy. And you're definitely one of them. Oh, good. Yeah. How about that? Um, I like that. That's a good answer. Thank you. You see how I switched it around? I give you a compliment just for you to give me a compliment. That's what I've learned since you've been on here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's taken a few. But um, to wrap it up with some, with some promo stuff, You're the Spider is streaming everywhere. Wherever you like to listen to music, that's where you can find it. Um, and along with all the other previous releases from Shannon and the Clams. And uh, mm-hmm. you can buy the album at EZISound.com. You can, you can still find it there as of this recording, um, as well as your solo album, of course. That's and right. uh, you guys' Patreon, you guys have a Patreon going on We right now? do have a Patreon. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Um, where, uh, and people can just search, I think, Shannon and the Clams slash Patreon probably. That's like right. That. Cool. Yeah. Uh, is is there anything else? Are you are you going on tour next this next year, or can I take it easy? Uh, yeah, we're gonna be touring around, and I mean, so again, things are seemingly up in the air because some borders are closing down again, some borders are opening up, but we um do have uh we're playing New Year's. I don't know when your the Vineyard podcast is gonna be playing this episode but this is ne- ne- next week, week next week so if you got anything oh, okay perfect mm-hmm. next new friday year's rather eve. sorry okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um new year's eve we're playing in denver it's already sold out so don't try and get tickets or anything but and then Again, we're doing a little <laughs> yeah oh please little west coast tour mm-hmm. we're coming to solana beach that's probably as close as we get to you i'm moving to portland tomorrow so from oh, oh dang 
I'm in the area. So it's fine. Uh, packing up the CRV and heading up there, you know? <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. You, you see, or, or the Taurus. I don't know. I don't know which one to take because, mm. you know, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a place financially that I could get two cars, you know? Oh, nice. Kidding. I'm not, I'm not rich at all. I'm, I'm losing a lot of money on this. And uh, the benefits show, right? It's coming up with uh, yes. and the clams in the vineyard to help the vineyard out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're going to. We're going to make you somehow make you rich. Yeah. Shannon, the clams, Drake, Kanye, be sure to check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but people can stay up to date on uh, Instagram is the best place. Yeah. Shan and the clams. Shan and the clams. And you know what? We have a TikTok, but I don't know how to do it yet. I only made one video and someone else made it and told me what to do. <laughs> so, you know, encourage me on tiktok how about that and then maybe i'll start doing it i'm just scared right now garrett yeah okay is there anything else we gotta promote here before i cut you loose Stop oh recording this. no uh-uh. okay <laughs> nothing else okay good nothing. that's it that's it i mean we plugged enough thank you so much shane i appreciate you for coming back on checks in the mail right uh like kind of slid it through the it's underneath the doormat so oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs>